Hello, beautiful people, and welcome to my first ever episode of my first ever podcast, Chip Chats. On this lovely journey I'm going to be taking you through, I'm going to be interviewing a lot of people from my life, not only from my real life, but from my Instagram community as well. So be prepared to have quite a few kind of cool, kind of kooky guests in the future. For today, I wanted to do about an introductory post let you know a little bit about me, a little bit about my life, let you in a little bit, while also talking a bit about weight loss, talking a bit about life in general and the goods and the bads, because that is typically what I'm all about. If you don't know much about me, my Instagram name is at Chelchip, but my real name is Chelsea. And uh, this is just kind of my way to have a little fun while also spreading my joy and my positivity and the little things that I've learned through losing 117 pounds. Uh, at my highest, I was 270 pounds. Now I sit around 150. But if you want to know more about that transformation, you can definitely check out my Instagram. Now, today's guest will be my husband. And we talked a lot about how we met, little fun stories along the way about just who we were. And we talked a bit about weight loss as well, because he's also going through his own weight loss journey, though a bit behind my own. Um, and yeah, I just, I, I really want to make these podcasts as interview based and relaxed as possible. So you'll find that throughout the interviews, I'll be focusing on weight loss and fitness, but I'll also be talking just about life things in general, about parenting, about just everything and anything I can think of, because honestly, I just love to talk and I love to hear people's stories and I love to hear what they're talking about. I just wanted to make a podcast that was a bit of the same. So I really hope that you'll enjoy this episode today where I talk again to my husband, Rich, and uh, let me know what you think about it because I'm having a lot of fun with this and I would like to know, well, constructive criticism is definitely welcome. Um, So yeah, hope you enjoy. And without further ado, Let's get into it. All right. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me on your <laughs> podcast. Tell me a little about yourself. We'll start at the, at the beginning. We'll start with a little introduction. What do you want to know? The fact that I'm your husband? Yeah. Okay. So I'm your husband. <laughs> well, you can tell about like how we met or something. What do you want right from the beginning or sure. the start from where you told me we started being together or... <laughs> What I remember, because there are two different stories here. <laughs> you choose. Up to you. Okay. Well, I'll start with what I remember. Okay. And what I remember was um, I th- we met at my cousin's wedding. And um, I was part of the wedding party. And I was a little over-inebriated. And I was dancing on the floor and having a good time. And I caught, I guess we locked eyes sort of after I've done the splits. We, we never locked eyes. Oh. <laughs> well, you can tell. You can definitely tell how, how, how far gone I was at this wedding. I'm sure I locked eyes. Clearly, I did not. But anyways, this is how I remember it. I remember doing the splits. Seeing you, looking at your chest, complimenting your chest, telling you how much my genitalia hurt from doing the splits, and that was pretty much it. And then I got yanked away. <laughs> I just remember your dad like coming up behind you and just like essentially grabbing you by the collar and pulling you away from me like, nah, this isn't happening, bad idea. Yeah, that that sounds about right. <laughs> so then, what happened? Um, well, then the next day I was trying to piece my night together, and I uh, started looking up people on Facebook to kind of track my night. And then I came across you, and then I remember vaguely what I said to you. So, um, I guess I added you on Facebook to kind of track you down some more, and maybe get in touch and see how things progress from there because I at first glance I I feel like I felt something and clearly you did not (laughs) well yeah because as soon as he messaged me I just shot him right down (laughs) pretty much yeah that was exciting (laughs) I almost didn't add you on Facebook because that's a different story well thank god you did (laughs) 
but basically there was, I don't know, was would you say about three weeks of you constantly like just turning me down before I finally said, you know what? Screw this. Probably. She, she's just not into me. <laughs> and then. Now at the time I was what, like seven, eight months pregnant, something like that. So yeah, being with somebody was not. First thing, I'm, I should feel like I should defend myself a little bit here that I'm not just like some heartless bitch who's like, yeah, no, yeah, 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 <laughs> sure, sure, sure. <laughs> yes, you were pregnant at the time, and that didn't bother me one bit. And, um, and it wasn't until closer to your due date when you made a few comments online about how you wanted that baby out. So I made a few suggestions, and I guess that kind of creeped you out, too. <laughs> and okay, guys, picture this, okay? Some random dude that I met once who told me I had nice tits, messaging me and giving me advice on how to induce labor, including having sex. <laughs> In my defense, it isn't odd. Like, they do stress that. And through all the parenting books and websites and everything that I've came across, it is one of the top ways to induce labor. So I just kind of went with that. I didn't, I didn't implore that you should be doing it with me. I just assumed that you had somebody in your life and maybe you should try that. So that was my logic. Young it. little me just went straight to the assumption that you were yes. trying to get in my pants. Clearly. <laughs> I may have been drunk when we met, but I am not that ungentlemanly, I suppose. Um, so that's after that, the baby came, and then it was probably, what was it, a month and a half after? No, maybe about a month. Was it a month or? Uh, no, it was March. So yeah, but we were talking in February. I guess so. So about a month. We started communicating, and one thing led to another. We started hanging out, and you actually took me a little bit more seriously. All because I invited you to my friend's birthday party. Yeah, <laughs> and then there was a night where I just told you I had to leave and just ran home. Yeah, he literally ran from my house. We're like. Hanging out, having a great night, just doing our thing. And all of a sudden, he's like, oh, I got to go. And just bolts from my door and runs home. Now, our houses are not that far away from each other at, the, at that time. No, but... they were about a well, they were about 15-minute jog away. <laughs> but but I'm like, oh, this this first like kind of date scenario did not go over well. <laughs> well, it was... bolted from my door. I... Forgot I had plans to meet with somebody else that evening, even though it was just kind of a blind date and I wasn't really into it. But I'm like, oh, shit. You're such a sly fuck. Oh, yes. But I totally forgot. And then I got a text message saying, hey, where are you? And then that's when I said, oh, shit. And then I bolted out your door. <laughs> so that's what happened there. Needless to say, nothing happened to that evening. I just kind of showed up. I'm like, uh, I don't feel good. And then I kind of left. But that was that night. So, yeah, I, I'm kind of strange, I guess, when it comes to things like that. We're, well, we're both kind of strange, so it works. Yeah. <laughs> so, fast forward, now it's it's been how many years? <laughs> since we've been, since that? Yeah. Eight. Eight. Eight years. Eight. I, actually, we're Did coming up years. pretty, eight, eight years. In was March. It? <laughs> wow. March. Officially, yes. But I would say we're about eight years now. Probably. No, it would have been after Valentine's Day. Yeah, because we weren't talking about Yeah, because it was around my brother's birthday, so it was would have been the family day weekend. Mm -hmm. I think that's kind of when it all started up. Oh, okay. And through all those eight years, thinking long and hard, what has been your favorite memory between us? Oh, our wedding? <laughs> like... <laughs> Obviously. Well, other than our wedding. Something else. <laughs> the one last couple week nights ago. Oh, shut up. Don't <laughs> where you, al you almost died. <laughs> I almost died. <laughs> you almost died. That was a good night. Um, okay, so uh, how about this is just like I'm just going to go off of 
trying to get to know me a little bit for them and just kind of make conversation with us in the process. So, um, other than forgetting and almost dying, forgetting how to step and almost dying, what is the weirdest thing that you've seen me do? The weirdest thing that I've seen you do. Or experienced with me or, because I'm a pretty weird person. So, (sighs) this might be a hard question. This is a hard question. (laughs) There's always something... uh, not every day, not every day there's something, but there's always something that happens where you just kind of, I'm taken back. Like, did you seriously just say that? Or did you seriously just do that? And it's not like it's a negative thing. It's just like, you just wouldn't have thought it would come from you. You know what I mean? Do I point it down? Um, I did answer the phone pretty weird today. Yeah. (laughs) Like, Random noises, like, <laughs> did you caca? I don't know what it was. I think I was going, something like that. <laughs> Just strange noises, like, I'll be in one room and I'll just hear like some random sounds, and then it's just like, who the heck was that? And then you kind of piece it together, and it's like, I know exactly who that was. That was my wife. Okay, so. Where do you think, knowing what you know about us and knowing the, like, laughs and the things that we do together, where do you think you would be if we never got together? Uh, me? Yeah. Where would I be? Yeah, where would I have no be? idea. <laughs> I sit there almost daily and I ask myself this question. <laughs> and I really don't know. I think on a serious standpoint, I know where I was at before I actually met you. And I was actually seriously pursuing, like thinking about pursuing a career to be in the military. Um, I was going to take my skilled trade that I already was started and start translating that into working on like a military base in Afghanistan behind the lines or whatever as um, a machinist there. But I just, one thing led to another. I met you and as my friends were going to serve their time, um, it just kind of worked out that I ended up staying. I felt like I wanted to see where we were going before I finally sever ties and make that jump. So I think that's kind of where I would have ended up. I would have probably ended up there. Um, and things would have been completely different if I would have joined the military, but I didn't, I ended up staying working for a family business, um, having a relationship with you, having two great kids, um, ups and downs of everything. So I think that's kind of where it would have been. I would have been in the military and I don't know if I would have had anybody or if I would be around today. I don't know, but that's, I think that's where I would have been. Well, I'm glad I saved your life. <laughs> yes. You, you saved my life. Yeah. I'm totally taking that. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. Your doctor love. What? Your doctor love. What's the number one piece of advice you're going to give to a couple starting out? Uh, I'm Dr. Love. You're Hello. Dr. Love. I'm Dr. Love. <laughs> And my piece of advice is to, hmm, there's so many. Um, first piece of advice would be never go to bed angry. I think we stress that in our relationship that we always, always talk it out before bed. And I think there's only been like once or twice where we've ever just kind of not talked it through. Yeah. Um, I know we've had nights where we're up till four in the morning, just laying there side by side. And I know you aren't sleeping, but we end up talking through it after that, because I feel that's kind of a crucial thing. Like the moment you are capable of going to sleep angry at your spouse is like the moment you're able to just turn them away. Like they're no longer top priority in your life and you're capable of just moving on. And I feel like going to sleep angry is just your way of moving on. Like you can just 
shut it down. I don't care about you enough, so you're not on my mind. Well, because it's hard enough to go to sleep with anything on your mind, never mind with, like, fury behind it. Yeah, or, like, relationship woes or whatever. So I think that would be my number one piece of advice, followed by have a good sense of humor and always pick your battles. Like, there's no sense in getting worked up over something and honestly, just compromising, meeting somewhere in the middle. Like, I know our relationship, you know, police and military is a deal breaker for us. So, yeah, no, I don't fly with that. <laughs> and I know that. Too much anxiety for that. <laughs> you know, it, it, it was always sort of a, a passion of mine to serve and protect. And I realize how much stress and anxiety it can cause you because you're worried about me. And I, I feel for all those military and police wives that basically day in and day out, they're wondering if today's going to be the day. My husband or my wife is going to come home. Yep. So I, I get that. And uh, I respect you enough to, to not put you through that. And I guess that's where we stand with that. So pretty much. There's so many other things I'd love to do with my life. And I just got to find a way to make it happen. Yeah. Now, I'm going to be focusing a lot on this podcast about talking about weight loss and fitness and stuff. So we're going to kind of shift the conversation over there now. Um, when, how did you feel when I first started losing weight? And now, like I, I do bring up that story a lot about sitting in the car and telling you that enough was enough and that I was going to do it and whatever. What was your thought process when that conversation come up because I'm sure that you remember sitting in the car having that conversation. So when we had that conversation where enough was enough and you said, I'm going to do it. I don't care if you're going to do it with me or not. That was kind of like this eye opener where uh, I think that was actually the first time in your life. You finally took charge in something, not going to lie. Yeah, probably where you didn't let me push you around and I'm not saying I ever pushed you around but you know I was definitely a bad influence because you know stress anxiety they they play a, a toll on gaining weight and I battle it I'm battling it still but I think I was I was taken back and and I was actually really proud that you were able to do it because I wasn't able to at the time was there any self self doubt when, or not self doubt, but any doubt in me? I guess when I said that that it would be the same as all the other times, or did you honestly think that it was gonna stick? Or well, you sort of almost broke down in tears when you started talking about it. And with you, I know tears is a sign of passion. And whenever the waterworks start coming with you. It, you mean business <laughs> like as, as crazy it is, but you are definitely emotionally driven. So I could tell having that conversation, you know, you were, you were watching that documentary, uh, I think it was sugar coated. Yeah. And that was like, your the real eye opener. And honestly, I started watching, I still have not finished it. Not going to lie. I and I think that's my problem. No, it. you watched it without me. This happens all the time. You always say we've watched it together and it's just you <laughs> watching it. And then me saying, like, yeah, no, I have not watched it, but I did start watching it and it's just, it is always on my list. And I, I feel like I'm actually letting you down by not finishing it. So I need to sit down and actually buckle in and watch it. I've, I've read and done the research on sugar and I know how passionate you are against sugar and processed sugar and well, yeah, refined was, sugar and all these sugars. And you're right. Like it is, I think for me, that was what did it for me. Like I basically lived off of fast food and soda pop. That is my kryptonite. Yep. I couldn't turn down a cheeseburger and a soda pop. And now I, I've cut that stuff pretty well right out. You know, I, uh, it's still my my vice. <laughs> I love my my pop, but 
I, I have to like for the sake of my kids and or our kids, I should say the sake of our kids and my health, I want to be around forever and, and being overweight is not the way to do it. Yeah. I, I guess I, that's why I always kind of figured that you'd watched it with me because, because of, I, I guess if you've done the research and if you looked into it yourself and having, we've had lots of conversations with people where you've come to my defense and you've come to say like, look what she's done. Look at like, this is how you should be doing it. You just seem to preach the same thing that I preach. So I guess I just kind of assumed that you would always. Well, I think that's just because it's, you know, the job of a spouse to support you no matter, even if I don't technically agree with something, I should always support you in your venture. If that is something you're a hundred percent passionate about, then I, it's my duty as your husband to support you and, and whatever it is that you're doing. So that's the reason why I sat down and I've done some of the research that you did not nearly as in depth, but you know, um, all these hidden words for sugar. I had no idea, but I thought, you know, if it ended in O's, it was sugar, but there's also other ones like, that what is it maltodextrin or whatever it is maltodextrin or whatever maltodextrin and there's another one that's a secret sugar thing like and like palm oil is just straight up sugar yeah. <laughs> but it's called palm oil like <laughs> it's everything's just sugar and that's it it's nuts how it hides everywhere it, it's everywhere yeah. the only way you could truly be sure that you're not getting any of these refined or processed sugars is by basically picking up the piece of meat that you want to eat or picking up the vegetables you want to eat and, and eating just the fruit. Like I, I see what you eat day in and day out and you probably eat a crap ton of sugar, but it's in the fruit. So right. it's not unhealthy sugar. Like people have been eating goddamn strawberries for millennia. Like, you know what I mean? Like they've been eating apples since if you're religious, you know, the garden of Eden, well, whatever your, your body does process natural sugar differently than a processed sugar, which is kind of weird because it's like very similar in caloric intake and stuff like that. But then it just doesn't hold on to it the same. You don't bloat the same. You don't. No. So I, I think in terms of where you were at, you know, I never once doubted you when you came out and, and started your journey, I just, I wanted to, I wanted you to succeed more than anything because I wanted you to have that change in your life because you are first, what would it have been then? How long have you been on this now? Two years? Yeah. Two and a half. So basically if we're at eight years, so call it two, that would have been the first six years of our relationship. There was a lot of depression on, oh, yeah. on your end. And Yo -yo which stemmed and into my end because it was just dealing with it because I didn't, I, I loved you so much and I wanted to support you and you were just in this black hole and I could see it was because of your body image and you were so ashamed of how you were. And well, yeah, look at how many times we would sit there and I would just like cry yeah, about how much I hated myself. <laughs> and you had that wake up call and you know, it wasn't that long ago I started to have my wake-up call. And I, you know, I dropped, I think I'm down 35, 40 pounds now. Yeah. Nowhere near where I need to be, but I'm getting there. Slow and steady. Right, so. I averaged about like 50 pounds a year. And you didn't really start losing weight until a year ago, so. Well, it would have been when I went to the hospitals when I started losing weight. Right. That kind of gave me the jump start, and then I kind of just carried on with it. That was a whole another terrifying story in his own. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's for what was what they think you had was it meningitis? meningitis? Yeah, I basically we went up to um, Sudbury for um, our friend's wedding, and we were driving back home, which is about it's like a four hour drive from Sudbury to where we are. But on our way home, we hit traffic, like heavy loads of traffic. So it ended up taking us six hours. Wasn't it six hours to get home? Something like that. Something ridiculous. So I got home and I was just dead tired. Like, 
holy cow. I I know I drove all weekend through Sudbury or whatever. So, you know, like I thought, you know what, maybe it's just all the driving I did. I'm just really tired out. And the next day I went into work and I still felt off. And um, I started throwing up and I had this really bad headache. And I started taking medicine for it, like Tylenol and Advil. And um, it wouldn't go away. And next day I went into work again and I ended up throwing up in at work and um, went to go urinate. And I basically blacked out and peed on myself. <laughs> That's when I basically said to my my uh, lead hand there, I said, I, I need to go home. I need to actually go to the doctor. Something's really wrong with me. And um, then I called you and I drove myself home, stopping maybe four or five times along the way to just throw up everything in my stomach on the side of the road. I just... I remember like being on the phone with you and just being terrified as you're driving home. Like I can't come get you. I can't do anything. It's me only in one car at the time. At the time, yeah. And everybody was at work, and I'm like, I can't. There's nothing I can do but sit here on the phone and listen as you go stop by stop. Yeah, and then I got to the doctor's office, and then you met me there. Yeah, because you, I had messaged your mom, and your mom came home from work and brought me the car so I could go to the doctor and get you. Or brought me to the doctor and yeah. brought me off so I could bring you home. Yeah. And then, but the doctor there said there was nothing wrong with me. Yeah. The, no, they, it's not that they said there was nothing wrong with you. They just didn't know what was wrong with you. Yeah. They thought they maybe it was just a flu. Figure out was that what, what the problem th- was. Yeah. They're like, maybe the flu might be something else, but just keep an eye on them and bring them back if it gets worse. And that was pretty much it. And then. The following day, I was still off. So now we're at like what Wednesday? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because Wednesday, um, I was still off. I didn't go to work that day, and I was just kind of lethargic, laying around and not sleeping, but not awake either. Went to bed that night, and then the next morning I woke up, and then that's when I asked you if so and so or whoever it was, I can't remember. If your friend was in the living room talking to you. Yeah, it was like Mandy or something. Like someone No, it was Carrie. Orleans. It was Carrie. I'm like, is, no, it was Mandy, wasn't I'm it? I'm pretty sure it was Mandy. Yeah, because I'm like, is Mandy out there talking and to I'm you? I'm like, no, what are you talking about? And that's when I started to get really worried because you're like, I'm like, you're, you're adamant. You're like, I saw her. She was here. And I'm like, no, she wasn't. I was sitting on the couch. I wasn't doing anything. Like, so, and then that's when you took my temperature and it was spiked up to like 104 again. Yeah. And then I was trying to convince you to go back to the doctor. And you're like, no, no, I don't want to go. I don't want to go. And then I went into the shower to cool down to bring my temperature back down. And then you, I guess you were on the phone with the doctor's office. Yeah, I office. snuck out because I'm like, the only way at this point that I'm going to convince you to go to the doctor is if I call the doctor and they tell me to bring you in pretty much. Because at that point you had like started talking about aliens and stuff too. Like oh, you're yeah. just hallucinating like crazy. And I'm like what is going on? So I end up calling the doctor and I'm like, so my husband is like, I'm pretty sure he's dehydrated. He's been throwing up for days. He's not really peeing. He's got a high fever and now he's hallucinating. And they were like, bring him to the hospital now. <laughs> I'm like, okay. Cause I need to convince him to go. Cause he won't go. And they're like, yeah, bring him to the hospital. Well, I, and I think I knew something was up because I did tell you about. Yeah. After the I aliens. said that you were like, freaking I, out that now that we're talking about it, in the, yeah so i had this dream that like well that it didn't feel like a dream it felt like it was happening but i i I saw these like it's basically like a scene out of those those uh sci-fi movies where you basically wake up on a um like a slab and there were like these three figures standing above my shoulders and they were like drilling into my head and that's when I kind of came to the reality. And then that's when you're like, we need to go to the doctors and I'm telling myself, no, like they're going to lock me up in the loony bin. If I have to tell them what's, what's going on and what I just experienced, they're going to lock me up for sure. And that's why I didn't want to go. Yeah. But at the same time, I was so terrified (laughs) because I'm seeing aliens and they did not leave me. 
at all because I think I've experienced them two more times while I was in the hospital. Yeah, there was a couple more times in the hospital. But essentially, I called the doctor because it was the only way I could convince you to go. Because I was like, yeah, the doctor says it's time to go. It's time to go. Okay, so then after the whole thing, I convinced you to go to the hospital. We go to the hospital. We're sitting in the hospital, and you're telling me that, like, aliens are dancing in your head. And they're, like, essentially, they didn't put you into urgent, but they put you, like, the step under urgent. So you were going to get called into the ER real fast. Yeah. And I, they weren't dancing in my head. They were kind of, like... You literally said, there's aliens tap dancing in my head, and oh. they won't stop. And I'm like, um, okay. So then I walk up to the nurse, and I'm like, he's telling me that aliens are dancing. She's like, okay, we're going to pull him in now. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, that's probably a good idea. And then once I was in there, they decided that they think I might have had men- meningitis. Yeah. So Because you had neck pain. That was the thing. That they yeah, said. I had. I don't understand why you have neck pain. The so. neck pain was killer. It was it was for real, man. I don't know what that was about. But my whole, all my joints and specifically my neck was just locking up like crazy. And I never experienced that much neck pain ever. Like, it felt like I got in a car accident, like whiplash. Man. Um. But uh, that's when they decided, okay, well, they need to run all the tests they can. So I had, what did I get done? Like an MRI, yeah, a whole had... CAT scan. Like they're rushing me in because if it was meningitis, it's like life or death. Yeah. So they're like, the only other thing we need to do now to confirm it's meningitis or rule well, yeah, out meningitis. They like, took x-rays of your lungs. They put you in the MRI. And meanwhile, I'm just sitting in the waiting room like on the verge of tears, like, what the fuck is happening to my husband? Well, I know they also gave me some some sweet drugs to kind of, like, calm me down a bit because I was fevering and wasn't feeling great. So I remember going into the MRI really out of it, like, mm-hmm. but relaxed. But you were, like, you were, like, chatting it up with the nurses. You had them in stitches, and I'm, like, sitting outside listening and all I can hear is just the nurses laughing over and over and over and over. Well, because I think my mentality was I need to have all these nurses care for me because I hear all these horror stories about our hospital and how people are mistreated. I'm like, you know what it is? It's because patients give them such a hard time. So I'm going in there with the attitude that I'm going to bring a smile to these, these nurses' faces. Even if they end up killing me, <laughs> at least they enjoy my presence. <laughs> so that was my logic. and. Um, Basically, it came down to it where I needed to get the spinal tap. And then there was that initial botched spinal tap procedure that I had. Yeah. Where they basically made a smiley face on my back. Yeah, they they couldn't get the fluid out of your back. So she kept just kept going at it and going at it and going at it. And then a couple of days later, I looked at his back and there was a smiley face from where all the pinpricks had gone in. Like, it, literally, you had a little smile on your back. I think it's still on, on my Facebook where you <laughs> uploaded a picture. So Maybe. that was really cool. <laughs> But then they had to get the actual anesthesiologist down to to do that. And that was quick and not painless because that was the most painful thing I've ever experienced in my life. Oh, my God. The spinal tap was the worst because I, I couldn't even be in the room with you. So they, like, sent me down to the Tim Hortons or whatever. And then I'm, like, just sitting there waiting and waiting and waiting and hearing you because I was, like, went down, came back up, like, half an hour later. And they were still digging in your back because they were trying to get it the first time. And I remember just sitting outside the door and hearing you, like, wailing because they're just going in and in and in and in and in. Oh, I'm getting, like, PTSD right now. (laughs) (laughs) We need to stop talking about the spinal tab. Anyway, anyway, so then they ended up putting him in isolation because it took a couple days for the results Results to come come back. back, Which was awesome. Even though it was, like, this mini vacation because I didn't have to go to work it sucked because I couldn't do anything and I was basically like sleeping the whole time I was unconscious I wasn't sleeping I was unconscious (laughs) at points like spending all my time in the hospital just like reading a book sitting beside you panicking every time you made a noise essentially but I do remember was it my first night in the hospital that I had that last hallucination or was it the second night I think it was the first night it was, I think, it was, no, it was the second night because I stayed the first night and went home the second night because I started having panic attack. Oh, was it? So they started treating me the first night. And by the way, when they treat you for meningitis, they treat you for um, a viral meningitis and a bacterial. And I don't know which one was which. 
but they put one on each arm, the the sack or whatever the it is, the IVs, and the viral or the bacterial. Let's just call it the viral. Viral feels like fire, <laughs> and then the bacterial feels like ice. So I literally had ice and fire coming on both my arms, and is meeting somewhere in the middle to kill all this virus or this germ, yeah. and. It was just, it was something else. And then I know the second night, my body was going into shock again. And well, yeah, because you had you had been pumping cold on one side and hot on the other, so your body couldn't regulate and didn't know what the fuck was going on. If that was the, what caused it, I don't know. But either way, I know my fever spiked back up to what was it? It was the highest it's ever been, like 105 or 106. I think it was almost. 106. Which is basically brain damaging yeah, levels. Because that's when they they came in through all the ice packs on you. But that that was that was after that I was left, after so. you left because before that I was having these weird chills. Yeah. And like convulsing, and that's when I said I need to go to the washroom. So I got up and I walked with my IVs to the washroom. I stared in the mirror, and it again like. I, I didn't have my glasses on because I just it was out of it. So I couldn't make it out. But it literally looked like an alien or Jesus. We It's up to interpretation. <laughs> Either way, there was a figure standing behind me and they put their hand on my shoulder. And they literally said, you're going to be okay. You're going to be fine. And I took a deep breath. And I kind of just went back to the bed and... I had a smile on my face and I got back into bed and I stopped sh- like convulsing. Yep. And then that's when you're like, what's wrong? Well, no, then I, I had, I had left the room and like walked around while you were in the bathroom. Cause I was just like, you were already kind of speaking weird and doing whatever and going back and forth or whatever it was. So I had kind of just like walked around to like ease my nerves a bit. And then I came back into you sitting back in the bed and you looked at me and you're like, I want to tell you something. But I shouldn't tell you it. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Just tell me. And it, like, took a good, like, five minutes of, like, what? Like, freaking tell me. Because I just kept poking and poking. You wouldn't tell me. You wouldn't tell me. And then eventually, like, oh, I saw. It's all going to be okay. I saw the alien in the bathroom had told me. Oh, yeah. And he's part of the collective. The collective is going to watch out for me or something like that. I'm like... Some, some, I'm like, as soon as you said it, I might, like, I started internally freaking the fuck out but i didn't want to worry you at all because you were already in a fragile state so then i'm like i'm just gonna go for a walk like i just whatever and you're like you're gonna freak out i'm like no 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 no. I'm, I'm fine i just i need to breathe for a minute like i need to just walk around and uh so i left and i went straight to the nurse and i'm like walked up to her all calm and collected and be like so i need to know if this is strange for his situation but this is what happened. And as soon as I said that you had gone to the bathroom, I just started bawling and like hyperventilating. And they like bring me over the chair and sit me down. And she's like, I'll get someone in there. Just breathe. Take it in there. So they got someone to get me like water. And I'm just sitting there like hyperventilating in the hallway, freaking out that you were like going to die of brain damage or something. So then the doctor went in and checked on you. And she's like, I, she goes, I, I think he's got a fever coming back up again. So it's probably just that like, don't worry about it. It comes with the dehydration and stuff that he would see hallucinations. He's probably still suffering from it. Um, So she goes, but I think, I do think that you should go home and get some rest. Like we have it. It's fine. We'll call you blah, blah, blah. I'm like, okay, fine. So then I left and I went home and I remember I was so upset because when I came back, like five hours later, like I only took a nap. I didn't even sleep that long because I couldn't. Yeah. Cause I remember saying I was upset that you were leaving but you told me that you had to go and and check on the boys. Yeah. And so I'm like, oh, okay. I'm like, yeah, that's probably the best thing to do. <laughs> and then all I remember after that, after you left, I kind of heard you outside in the hall talking to a nurse. And it sounded like, you know, what is it? Um, peanuts. Charlie Brown. You know, like, like wah, 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 wah. <laughs> it's kind of all I heard at that point. And then I knew. She said she was just like. 
calming me down, rolling my back, because I had came in, I calmed myself down enough that I could come in and tell you that I was leaving. Yeah. And then I left the room again and started freaking out again. So she was like rubbing my back and just being like, it's okay, it's okay, we've got it, blah, blah, like consoling me. And then I know the one nurse, I forget her name, but she's like, everything okay in there? I'm like, oh yeah, great. And then I kind of just, my eyes started rolling back. And then pretty sure she just came and gave me more gravel or something like that Mm -hmm. to knock me out. And then it felt like, uh, I don't know, minutes went by, but I think it was a couple hours. I know it was, I know it was the middle of the night. I'm awake and I had to ring my button because I was just losing it. Like I was just convulsing again. And then that's when the last thing I remember is essentially like a crash cart, but instead of the paddles, they were just throwing bags of ice all over me to get my temperature down. And then they're trying to regain my conscious or conscience, con, conscious, the consciousness, consciousness. There we go. <laughs> um, and just make sure, I guess I'm not dying, but all I remember is waking up the following morning and you're there. And I got all these bags of ice all over me and it turned into water or something like that. Yeah. And it just, it was like, that was one hell of a night. And then I came back and, you're just like, yeah, they put all these ices on me and I had a fever of 106. I remember being so pissed. I'm like, nobody called me. No one said anything. Freaking out. But anyways, anyway. that was how many years ago now? Basically two years ago? Almost three. No. It was, yeah, it was almost three years. It was two. I'm pretty sure it, was well, it would be three this year. Yeah. But yes. Um, it's only a couple months away. Well, July. Because it was Canada Day weekend. But anyways, that was uh, my traumatic experience in the hospital. And that was something I never want to do again. I'm here. I'm alive. And you were saying that that spiked the weight. Let's bring us back to the weight loss. Essentially, that kind of <laughs> that sparked me. And, and going into the weight loss journey, that was my turning point And a real eye-opener about morality i guess and life Mm -hmm. and trying to enjoy every day to the fullest and not be put in a situation like that so that's kind of where i stand in my journey at the moment so if um what through through the whole of it now, at that point in the hospital, I had already lost a little bit of weight, but I was not very far in the journey. Do you think that me losing weight has influenced you losing weight in any way? Or do you think it was just mostly that situation that really did it for you? I mean... I mean, everyone has their own little aha moment. So... I don't feel like you ever were um, – you never forced me to lose weight. You, you never made it known or and you never put that ultimatum on. Like I had a girlfriend once that said, if I ever got fat or if you ever got fat, I'd totally leave, leave, leave you. Yep. And you've never once said that to me. No. And I mean I'm not – not 600 pounds. I'm overweight. I'm, I'm obese. I'm considered obese, but I never felt pressured in any way to lose weight by you, but I felt like it's the right thing to do. Like it's not, it's weird because I never felt pressured by you whatsoever. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? The only thing I have, and I, I admit it, you know, when you did lose all that weight, there was a moment in time where I got not jealous, nervous, and resented you for it a little bit. Yeah. Because it was insecurities that I was dealing with myself. And, you know, we talked about it and we kind of put it to bed that way, right? And I think going back to our relationship thing, I think that's the reason why communication is key. Like, this is sure. This is a podcast right now, but we do this pretty well. Every night we get together, we just sit there. And we just talk. Or... 
So I think that's what makes us such a great team is that we communicate and we let each other know like, Hey, you know, you're doing this right now and it's really not playing well with me. You know what I mean? So is there a way we can come and change that? So I feel like we're on the same page and, you know, generally we, we do, we always find a way to push through things. You know, when life isn't going our way, we make it work. All right, last question of the evening of the podcast. <laughs> what is something that you thought about weight loss that has changed since I started losing weight and you started losing weight? The age-old myth about the gym. The gym. Yes. And well, yeah, because the whole time I've known you, you've always been very focused on going the gym first before anything else. <sighs> When I was younger and before I met you and before I got into that comfort state with my ex-girlfriend before you, yep. you know, I was a little bit more fit than I am now, meaning I used to play soccer. I used to play hockey. I was in sports. I love sports. I was fit. Um, and I was always fed that line that to be your best self, you need to be spending X amount of hours in the gym and you need to be doing all this running and you need to be going miles and miles. And what it turned out to be was it's all in the kitchen, you know, like, well, we would have, we've had, we fought about that all the time when I first started. Cause I remember being like, no, like you need to eat. You're like, no, no, no. I'm just going to eat soup and work out for 47 hours. Well, (laughs) it was a tried and true practice for me (laughs) back when I was young and I had a metabolism. Now that I look back on it, that, you know, I did just eat copious amounts of soup and I just burned off my chubby teenage fat. And that's kind of how I dealt with it. You know, like I carb loaded hard and, when I needed to shed weight, I shed the food. I, I, I basically just ate, you know, chicken broth <laughs> broth with, with some noodles sometime or some pieces of chicken. And, or I straight up, I know, I remember I went on a canned tuna binge and every day for lunch, it was just a can of tuna. And then looking back on what I did to myself now, like, that's dangerous mm-hmm. eating that much tuna, especially with all that mercury that they claim that could be in it. It's like, you know, they say you should only eat maybe like a can of tuna a week or so whatever that the thing is. And I'm pushing like seven cans or eight cans of tuna a week. And right. so, but definitely the gym. I think, I think you should be going to work out not because you're losing weight, but to keep your heart healthy, to keep, to keep your blood flowing and making sure that all the blood is getting through all your extremities, but not to bulk up or whatever, not to lose weight. Definitely. I think working out is about building muscle mass, but if you're looking at weight loss, it is hundred percent in the kitchen. I think. How did you come to that realization just from me or like, um, primarily, I, I basically need to see it to believe it. And I saw it with you and I started seeing it with me. Like I cut out sugary pops and that right there was half of my weight loss so far yep. is just all the processed sugar. Once you cut out the processed sugar, you're, you just start melting away. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, right now where I'm at, it's processed meats. I'm coming to terms and realizing that I can't eat processed meats and it's wreaking havoc on my body. Like I can't eat a slice of pepperoni pizza because it kills me. Like I get so much stomach pain, you know, it comes out either, either or end. I'm either vomiting up or it's just running right through me. And some might say, Oh, it's a gallbladder. I'm like, if it is a gallbladder attack or whatever or something, I don't get it when I don't Wait, eat these meat. Didn't you have an ultrasound or something about your gallbladder? I did. Didn't find anything in there? They said my gallbladder was fine at the time. Okay. They said I had a fatty liver, which yeah. is common for somebody of my size. Obese. Well, yeah, my liver was fatty too. I guarantee it's not anymore. So I know it's just where I'm at. Like mm-hmm. I, I don't eat. 
pork. I don't eat. And believe me, I love my pork. I love <laughs> bacon. And I'm Portuguese, so you know how much I love my shadis. Yep. And I can't eat any of that because it just it hurts. Mm-hmm. And when food starts to hurt, it's time to give up whatever is hurting because it's not worth it. Yep. And you know, pizza's my go-to and <laughs> I can't eat it anymore. It's not it's no longer fun to eat. Yep. You know, I we've been trying the whole chicken on the pizza and it's it's fine. It doesn't it, it doesn't hurt. But I I want my pepperoni. (laughs) (laughs) I want my meat lover pizza. It's so good. Because it's time to drop the meat. I can't say that, though, because I can eat turkey (laughs) when we have, like, ground turkey or if we're having chicken breast. It Mm -hmm. doesn't hurt me at all. Mm -hmm. So I I think what it's coming down to is I'm just going to watch what I eat. And I started portioning myself and pushing away and and making healthier choices, you know, opting for a plate of vegetables versus a plate of carbs. Yeah. You know, I don't always go for meat and potatoes anymore. And I'm switching to meat and vegetables. Yeah. And our meat is basically just chicken turkey. Yeah. We don't really eat anything else. I'm I'm kind of curious to see how the summer goes once it warms up. And I want to try a steak on the barbecue again and see if I'm okay. Because, come on, like it's a steak. <laughs> <laughs> so good. And I think that's the problem with... Um, You're such a typical man. <laughs> I know. But, you know, like there's guys I work with and some of them are on the keto diet. And they're the guy's slaying this giant piece of meat. I'm like... This can't be good for you. Like you're eating so much meat. And I'm thinking like if I ate all that meat right now, I would be dead. <laughs> like my stomach would say, uh, uh, uh. Over. So, I mean, to each their own. If, you, if you're if you a, a ketogenics person, you know, by all means, I don't choose that lifestyle. <laughs> That's up to you. <laughs> so, I know you and I aren't on that lifestyle, which yeah. thank God, yeah. you know. Because I, I just I can't fathom. If anything, I'm kind of the opposite because I eat even little less meat than you do. Most usually, I don't even really eat that much. Sometimes I go without it. Yeah, you're pretty sporadic with your meat. So anyway, but I think definitely the gym is that big misconception about weight loss. Mm-hmm. You know, I think. Um, it, we said it time and time again. It's it's all in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. You know, you're going to treat your body like a temple. Well, it kind of starts with what you're feeding it. So if you're feeding it junk, you're going to look like junk. <laughs> anyway. Well, thanks for coming on. I'm going to close it there because we've been talking now for like 45 minutes or something ridiculous. So. Sounds good. Thanks for being my first guest. Yeah, no problem. I don't think I had much of a choice. <laughs> So, short of tying me down and and holding me to it, but uh, it was fun. You come on again? Eventually. Eventually. <laughs> let's let's weigh this out and see let's how see, about see how successful. Yeah. <laughs> if people want me back on, we'll we'll see about that. Send me a message. Let me know if you like them. <laughs> All right. Have a good night. You too. <laughs>